the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Hey, welcome back to Winds of Change. All right, we had to break away there uh, quickly from that uh, last session. Um, but let's go ahead and get back into it. Um, we're still in day six, uh, recapping a little bit of last week. We, um, we, we discussed the, the kinds, and we also saw that, that God made a man in the introduction of the Trinity and dominion were all covered in the last session. So let's go ahead and uh, take this session, this part, into uh, God's presence. Father in heaven, thank you for today. Thank you for allowing us to uh, just, you know, open up your word. We pray, Father, for your Holy Spirit to guide us and to teach us into all truth. For you have told us that you seek those who will worship you in spirit and in truth. So, Lord, we ask you to open up your word to us. Help us to understand. Help me to communicate the truths that you want me to communicate to those who are out there. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles again to Genesis chapter 1. All right. We're almost done. We're probably going to be uh, getting into Genesis chapter 2 today. But uh, I want you to understand that it's, it's, it's not about speed getting through this. What we want to do is we want to go ahead and unpack uh, some of the stuff that we have here. And, and, and that's the whole idea behind this discipleship series is remember that discipleship means learner. Okay, so let's go ahead. Um, we left off talking about dominion, how God had given dominion. So let's recap. So it says God created, that's Elohim, right? Created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. All right, it says then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. So he was giving dominion, remember that's rulership, over um, everything that, that God had created. He gave it to, to man to be the ruler, the steward of these things that he had given him. So he gives him dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every, every living thing on the earth. And God said, See that I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. Okay, so you're going to see right here, uh, originally, the original creation, okay, and we're not even sure what, what that looked like because what we've had since God created everything, and he says, and it's very good right here in verse 31, okay, so let me just finish reading that. And it says, um, and also to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Remember, that's that first reference to now it's not only good, it's very good because this is, he's completed this, this process. And it's so, so that the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Remember that evening and morning implies that these are solar days. This is a 24-hour period. That's the, 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 the cycle that's going on here. 
so let's back up. What we got here is every green herb is for food. So what we have here is the original creation and the original intent. Everything, they were, they were vegetarians. God had created everything. And, and I, we can only imagine uh, by today's standard, okay, with, we know many things have gone extinct. So we can only imagine the abundance of these foods and these these things in the vegetation in a in a perfect creation okay because by the time we get to genesis chapter three what we have is the curse okay god curses the the land so that it starts bringing forth thorn and thistles so we don't have anything like that here we have a perfect environment all right and by the time we get to genesis chapter six and and there's a catastrophe there so everything is changed um the, the, the weather patterns will change after Genesis chapter 6. And, and so we, we have no idea how, how awesome things were because we live uh, post-curse and post-flood. So the, the things have changed radically since this was, uh, you know, originally done. So the, the rulership that Adam and Eve had back then uh, he gave them all of these things for food, all right? And he says that it was good. But, um, and I love this where it says in, in verse 28, it says, Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Now, right here, we have the introduction, and, and I want you to get this, all right? God said, Be fruitful and multiply. That means have kids. All right? Now, we adults, we all know how we have kids, okay? Sex is God's idea. All right? God created sex. He's the one that made man and woman, Adam and Eve, to be together. And we'll see this a little bit more when we see the life in the garden here in chapter 2. We might get to part of that today. And so God created sex, all right? And he said it was good, all right? And he blessed them, all right? And he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. So obviously, we have got to have a lot of kids to fill the earth from back then when we only had two kids uh, on, on the planet back then. So Adam and Eve, their job was to start having um, kids. So God is the one who designed us to have uh, relations with our wives. So God made them Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. All right. And, and God said that he wants them to be fruitful and multiply. All right. So God made sex enjoyable. He made it a pleasure. And um, I want you to understand that in the Hebrew, the idea um, of a union between a man and a woman, okay, in God's economy, okay, which is one man with one woman married for life, anything outside of that is a perversion. Perversion simply means it's been changed or distorted from its original intent. So the original intent of sex in marriage, okay, is for married people within the marriage bond, okay? And Jesus 
amplifies this in, in the New Testament. And uh, I'll throw up, uh, I believe it's Matthew 19, and also the Apostle Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 5, but there's a really, really important concept here I want you to understand uh, besides God making um, sex and um, is, is the way our society is today, Hollywood and uh, magazines and everything like that, is there's that, that perversion Okay, from the original intent of what God had designed uh, marriage and, and man and woman to be. Because he wanted us to fill the earth and populate it and, and have everything that he had designed, okay, for us. Okay? I mean, God's good. I mean, think about it. You know, God made those things for us. Uh, but something's gone wrong since then, and we'll, we'll get into that. Um, so anything, we have um, God wants us to fill the earth and uh, subdue it. And the bigger plan here in marriage is uh, there's a model, okay, that's, that's being developed here too. Okay, and you'll see how this opens, opens up uh, as you begin to study your Bible is the concept of uh, God being the man, okay? There's a picture of, of God is married to the nation Israel. Israel is portrayed as an unfaithful wife, okay? In the, in the idea that she's unfaithful, Israel, okay? And this happens to every, every, every nation also, is that their unfaithfulness is that they went after other gods. God gave us natural things okay, on the earth. He's creator. He gave us the created things and relationships to help us to understand um, and communicate with him. So you'll always see Jesus using uh, natural uh, idioms, uh, teachings, expressions, uh, agrarian, uh, you know, farming type of uh, language when he helps uh, the, the people understand because he's creator. He created these things and he communicates truths of things that they have seen and observed in creation. Okay, that's why creation's really important. And he will communicate truths through that, like what he did with Nicodemus in, in John chapter 3. And so the marriage here uh, between a man and a woman is that relationship. Okay, God wants a relationship. Okay, that relationship, when you start going after other things as God, God says you're being unfaithful. Okay? <coughs> now... Furthermore, Jesus, okay, is portrayed as God's son, okay, and the church is the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom, and the church is the bride, okay? Now, the Apostle Paul says, you know, that he was laboring, and uh, to the same extent, you know, I want you to understand that 
this process of, of understanding God's word is setting us apart as believers as a bride for Jesus. And he said he's going to come back for a bride. And, and there's all kinds of references to that. And we'll have further studies on the Jewish wedding system and, you know, how the church is the bride. So I just want you to understand that anything outside of that is, is a uh, perversion, which means it's, it's been distorted and changed from its original intent. And that's what we have here in Genesis, because Genesis means origins, and that's the original intent of the marriage bond, okay? And even in the Hebrew, the idea is, is complete satisfaction. Now, I don't think too many people in our society today, because we live in a fallen um, world where we don't have that satisfaction, it's because things have become perverted over time. Okay, so let's go ahead and we're going to start Genesis chapter 2 right now. I bet you thought we were never going to get uh, past chapter 1. So six days are complete, right, and God saw that it was very good. So let's go ahead and get into Genesis uh, chapter 2. All right, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And this would include the, the angels also. All right, so that's all the host of everything. And it says, and they were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. All right, so we have um, here that God rested. He's, he's not, he rested, let me try and make this clear. In the New Testament, there's references where Jesus says that, you know, uh, Jesus would be healing on the Sabbath. So the seventh day is a model, okay, of the Sabbath, okay? And when Jesus would heal on the Sabbath, the uh, Pharisees and the religious people uh, couldn't see past uh, observing the Sabbath, okay, when Jesus would heal somebody and make somebody perfectly well, he was doing good on the Sabbath. They were telling him, you're working. You have six days to work. And, you know, this is a day of rest. But what he was doing was he was showing them their uh, lunacy of really having a, a um, Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath that he said that it was, we could do good, all right? And he was making somebody perfectly well, and they were complaining about it. So what we have is we have a model here, but here on the seventh day here in creation, this is a prototype of something called the millennium. Now, that is another um, aspect or a teaching, a doctrine that we'll get into. That basically uh, has to do with at the end of the book of Revelation uh, when God wraps up his program, we have the, the Antichrist is cast into the lake of fire. He goes to hell. Um, God institutes a thousand year, that's where millennium comes from, means thousand, millennium uh, a thousand years where he rules and reigns on earth, 
okay, from Israel, Jerusalem, okay, and he rules and reigns perfect. It, it's almost, um, you almost think of it as uh, Eden redone. Everything will, God will um, cure the, um, the ills and, and stuff, but unfortunately, that's kind of a, a little bit of a deep study, and I want you to finish going through this, but this is another concept that's being introduced here. Remember how I told you this is germane, we have seeds here? This is a millennium uh, thing, so if you're interested in that, then when you're done with this, then you can look at that. But that's the thousand years uh, where Christ will rule and reign for a thousand years. And if you can imagine, it's perfect government for 1,000 years. That uh, God will make the decisions. There won't be any lying. Um, everything will be done just and true. That's, in a nutshell, what the, the millennium is about. But it's another test, and we'll, we'll discuss that another day. That's kind of an exciting topic. Um, but God rests here from the act of creation. That's what God is resting from here. He's created everything here in, in uh, six days. He created all the matter, okay? And if you know anything about the laws of uh, th um, uh, thermodynamics, the, you know, the first and the second laws, um, you, can't, you, know, the, you can't create anything, uh, any, any matter... Uh, you know, we can't make anything. All we can do is change things and, and change one thing from another thing. The second law of thermodynamics uh, means that everything is winding down. It's uh, the laws of entropy. And, um, you know, our solar system, our bodies, and everything that we have, we can observe they're all winding down and getting, uh, you know, they're, they're breaking down. And uh, that's a slap in the face to evolution because evolution says everything's onward and upward, but that's not what we observe, and true science is what we can observe. So you got to keep those things in mind all the time. So it says, verse uh, 3, that uh, chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Then God blessed the seventh day, and he sanctified it because... In it, he rested from all his work, which he had done, and created and made. Okay, so God, remember, this is, this is a model now, a little bit here. It's not only historical here, but it's also, there's concepts here of God um, showing us the end from the beginning. Now, that's in Isaiah chapter 46 and 48. Uh, you'll see that God says, I've declared to you the end from the beginning. That's one of the reasons why we need to pay attention what's going on here in these first 11 chapters of Genesis because the, literally you're going to be shocked and amazed and blessed as you see how God's word just opens up uh, these things and, and, and you... you you just hopefully you gain an appreciation for for what God has done and 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 to love His Word and to look in here and, and dig around. It's great. But anyway, seventh day he says he blessed it. The seventh day, which is a picture also of the blessings of living in that uh, millennium, which 
all believers in, in Jesus Christ, they, whether they have died in the past or not, they will all be resurrected and part of that millennium. And um, they will participate in that. He sanctified it, uh, which means he sets it apart, okay? And, and in the book of Revelation, it says, Blessed and holy is he who has uh, part in the first resurrection, because these people will be part of that millennium where we get to rule and reign with Christ. After the Armageddon campaign and things like that and, and the terrible things that evil uh, has brought upon the world will wrap up uh, there in the Armageddon campaign and uh, but the survivors will begin to repopulate the earth during that millennium. And so God sets that aside for those people and, and he has promises to uh, King David and stuff like that that will be fulfilled at that time. That's all part of the millennium uh, study. And it says, um, because in it he rested from all his work, which he had done, and he created and made. And now this is the seventh day is Saturday. It's also known in Judaism as the Shabbat. This is a day of rest. For the New Testament believer, we can observe the Sabbath. That's good. Okay. We don't observe the laws and the ordinances and all the the things that went along with that. There was a council in Jerusalem shortly after the church was started when they began to uh, talk about, you know, do the Gentiles need to keep the law? Gentile means out the, the, they're non-Jewish. And when they came back, they, they basically, the, the apostle Peter made a uh, plea and he says, hey, we couldn't keep it. Our fathers couldn't keep the law. He says... And, and they, they got together, and basically what they said was abstain from, from eating blood, okay, because life is in the blood, and we'll begin to see some of these things as we go through, and abstain from fornication, which is, we just talked about marriage. Fornication is sex outside of a marriage union. So these are things that they, they said, you know, stay away from that. They commended them to the grace of God. And they began, you know, they didn't want to put them under uh, the law because the law was a tutor, a schoolmaster to show our need for Jesus because the law teaches us what sin is. And um, the Apostle Paul says, I wouldn't have known sin except for the law had told me. Now, it's the same as you're driving along a highway and if there's no posted speed limits, and when my dad was a, a young man, he told me that when he was uh, crossing the country, there was sections out in the Midwest where there was no posted speed limits. They could literally drive as fast as they wanted, and they weren't breaking the law. There was no transgression, no sin being committed. And as soon as they posted speed limits, there's the law, and the law says you're in transgression, now you're sinning if you're over that speed limit. And I think probably all of us have done that at one time or another. So, God sanctifies and blesses that, all right? And it says in verse 4, This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth before any plant of the field was in 
the earth and before any herb of the field had grown. You got that? It says, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain. Notice that it hadn't rained up to this point on the earth and there was no man to till the ground. So we're going, he's, God's just bringing us back a little bit and giving us a little more detail on, on what was happening here in the creation summary. Okay? And it says, uh, But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. That's how he became uh, a, his soul was uh, breathed into him. Remember how we talked about body, soul, and spirit? And... Um, so we're running out of time for this segment. So what we're going to do is we'll just look right here. And I want to introduce another thing here in verse 4. It says, This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God. And you'll notice in your Bible that Lord is in all caps. This is the first... Um, uh, introduction of of God is Lord, and that's Jehovah or Yahweh. I prefer Yahweh. Jehovah is actually a um, transliteration of the Latin, uh, you know, Yahweh. From but that is the uh, Hebrew uh, is the Tetragrammaton. It's the, the the sacred name of God, the covenant covenant name of God, uh, Yahweh. And we'll put that up and we'll begin to open up this a little bit more in our next segment. Um, but anyway, we hope you were blessed in this. We're going to get into the name of, of God. I have a, a really, really neat thing I want to show you in, in the next segment. So I hope you're blessed in this. Stay in the Word, pray, and enjoy uh, God's Word. And you'll be blessed. Thanks for coming. My name's Keith McKenzie. This is Winds of Change. God bless you.